This week, we saw a subpoena ignored, a new governor elected, and a new age group with access to the vaccine. You're listening to Politics Politics, and this is the week of 10-24-2021. Hello everyone. Wanted this episode to come out sooner, but we had problems with the distribution of this podcast to the different plat- platforms that we offer it on. But uh, <laughs> it's it's the one year anniversary of Politics Schmolitics. I remember I started this all the way back last year when I just had a lot of free time and I just wanted to try something new. And here we are. It's been an entire year. We've been through a lot. Um, a brand new president, an insurrection, an infrastructure bill that just for some reason won't get passed. But uh, (laughs) nonetheless, it's been a great year, and let us begin. A subpoena is basically where you issue a request, and I say request, but it's it's, it's basically an order. If you don't follow it, there are consequences. And so it's it's this order for a certain person to come to court, or in this case, Congress, and provide evidence or information on a case or an issue. Now, typically in Congress, when you're subpoenaed, your person is more unlikely to give the information required to the case, not in all situations, but mostly, because you could be politically biased and you just don't want to testify against someone who's a political ally of yours by some sort, or you could be involved in this case, like... In this case, Steve Bannon, he's a well-known name at this point. He used to be the White House chief strategist, so he was well-trusted by the president, and he helped him plan and make decisions as well, make sure the goals of the campaign were highlighted um, in the decisions of the campaign. He, he we, we knew him from the big GoFundMe scandal where he and a military veteran, they had a GoFundMe that raised well over $20 million to build the wall, and they then continued to use the money on their own personal expenses. And criminal charges were pressed against Bannon, but he was pardoned by President Trump before he left office. Now, on January 5th, Bannon said on his own podcast that you made this happen and tomorrow it's game day. And he also said we're at the point of attack tomorrow. I mean, he said much more, but I just wanted to pick out these two quotes. Just January 5th, and we know what happened the next day. We had the January 6th Capitol riot. But but the other thing, he criticized Capitol security in that episode. So what we take from this is that Bannon, he clearly had at least a small idea, if not a clear blueprint in his head on what was going on on January 6th. Because he said all of this the day before the rally. And we know that after the rally, many Republicans, such as House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, they really criticized the Capitol Police defense. They were blaming it for what really happened by letting all of these rioters in. So, you know, perhaps Bannon, he was trying to create some doubt about Capitol security before the riot so that people would be like, oh, yeah, it was always a problem. And then the next day it'd like be highlighted even more. But that, that's just the theory. But I guess it's logical because why else would you just out of the blue criticize Capitol Police. It also doesn't help that Washington Post reported that Bannon, Giuliani, Eastman, and Trump had set up a war room, which is what they called it, and it was located at the Willard Hotel. 
We know Giuliani spoke at the January 6th rally and was a large spreader of Trump's election lies. And John Eastman was the person who had the idea of how Mike Pence, the former vice president, could change the results of the election from Biden winning to Trump winning. And this method was just a bunch of baloney, and Mike Pence decided not to follow it, received a lot of backlash, but it was the right decision. Now, all of this, it can make clear why the January 6th committee would want Bannon to testify. There's a whole lot going against him, all of this. It's not just a coincidence. Plus, he doesn't have the cleanest criminal record in the first place, so it's not like they're asking um, someone just out of nowhere, all clean criminal records, nothing wrong, to come and testify. This is Steve Bannon, but Bannon wouldn't testify because he claims that Trump told him not to respond to the subpoena because of something called executive privilege. Now, what is executive privilege? Essentially, executive privilege is where a president can choose not to share what was spoken in phone call or other conversations via email or text and documents in order to keep the government running smoothly. Now, executive privilege would allow you to not respond to a subpoena, as we see here, but there are some key differences, at least in this situation. One, Bannon isn't an isn't an employee or really currently involved with the U.S. government. He used to back when he was chief strategist, but that was four years ago, and he got fired seven months into his term. Also, even though even though we know that he doesn't actually have executive privilege, just giving him the benefit of doubt, okay, maybe he is protected, but never said he had to testify in his conversations with Trump. It could just be his own personal information. And really... It, it, just assuming he has a bit, that I th- that would only cover his and Trump's conversations, and it really doesn't. But just assuming, even with the benefit of doubt, he should have testified, but he didn't, and now he's going to face consequences because the House of Representatives, they've voted to hold him in criminal contempt, which means they think he's guilty of a crime by avoiding, of this, by avoiding the subpoena, and it is a felony to avoid a subpoena. But no form of Congress and but no form of Congress can officially give someone jail time or like punish or fine someone. So this case will now go to the Justice Department and the nation's attorney, Merrick Garland, and he will decide what happens next. Now, it's not only Bannon. Trump has also been trying to stop the January 6th committee from getting access to documents that are known to have at least some information on the riot. Trump claimed he is executive privilege in this situation as well. But sitting President Biden, he has the power to overrule this claim, and he did, because he said it will aid the January 6th committee in their investigation. Now, Bannon is obviously in a long list of people who the January 6th committee wants to testify, but I think it's a pretty good message to send that they're taking this really seriously, and you can't skip this, because regardless of what the investigation is about, it's an investigation backed by the president of the people, he got elected, and all of these representatives who are starting this investigation were also elected. So if they believe it's for the good of the country, people voted for them, so it must be. This per-
pretty much it for this week, but we still do have some weekly roundups. There was a big election for the governor of Virginia this week. It was a close race between the Democrat Terry McAuliffe and the Republican Glenn Youngkin. Terry was the former governor of Virginia from 2014 to 2018, and Glenn was an American businessman. Building up to the election, Terry, he had a pretty good lead earlier in the race, but the closer we got to election day, the closer both of their scores came to each other, until... On election day, Glenn was leading by a solid one point. But one point isn't a lot. Either way, Terry, he'd gotten some big names like Kamala Harris, our vice president, and Joe Biden, our president, and Stacey Abrams, who was Georgia's House Speaker, to endorse him. On the other hand, Glenn was endorsed by Trump pretty much at the last moment. But being endorsed by Trump is a humongous deal, especially in the GOP, and it helped. In the end, Glenn Youngkin won with 50.7% of the vote, while Terry had 48.5. The COVID vaccine has been approved for kids 11 to 5, both by the CDC and the FDA. Now, it's 90% effective, so still very effective, and it will be given at one-third of the amount of a re- an adult receives. <coughs> now, for most cases, for this specific age group, it doesn't end in a really severe case or the person being hospitalized, but... It still is a good idea to get vaccinated because eventually when enough of us get vaccinated or enough of us are immune to the virus, there's this thing called herd immunity that comes into play. And what herd immunity is, is when enough of our population is immune to any virus. It works for any virus, but in this case, it's the coronavirus. And when enough of our population is immune, the spread starts lowering down until the virus dies out because everyone becomes immune. Because even those who aren't immune, those who didn't get the vaccine, even if they get the virus, they have temporary immunity. So eventually, the virus will die out. And last but not least, Adam Kissinger, he won't be running for Congress again next year because there's this thing called redistricting. That's hard to pronounce. So the original district he was representing, it was redrawn, it was moved, and now he was moved to represent a new district where there's already a GOP representative. And right now, he's not the Republican Party's favorite person, so I guess it was a sensible decision to, you know, drop out early. Um... Now, Facebook, they've changed their name to Meta, but it's not like there won't be Facebook anymore. There's still Facebook, but the company that owns Facebook is now Meta. Facebook aims to create this new, like, generation of internet via virtual reality, Um, but Facebook has been facing a lot of backlash. Why should they start a new company when they can't even handle their own Facebook part of it? Plus, it just, it gives them a whole lot more advantage because Facebook owns a virtual reality headset company. So they don't really have to follow any rules because they aren't using other people's devices. And that was it for this week. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to join our mailing list. All you need to do is send an email to politicsmalitics2020 at gmail.com and you will get a brand new email every single time I release an episode. Um, also, feel free to rate us on Apple Podcast. It's a great way to help make this podcast bigger and spread the word. Also, just feel free to spread the word verbally with your friends, family, cousins, on anyone you want to. Thank you for an amazing one year. And you were listening to Politics Politics. This was the week of 10, 24, 2021.